than saying to somebody else, hey, I, I love to have you keep me accountable. Here's what I'm struggling with mm. is a way of being transparent with another person. But oftentimes other men don't have anybody that yeah. they're transparent with. Welcome to We Do Whatever It Takes, a marriage podcast with a magician and an almost therapist, where you get tips and tricks for creating a great marriage. Welcome back to another episode of We Do Whatever It Takes. I'm Danny Ray. I'm a professional magician and a pastor. <laughs> and um, this is my incredible wife of 26 years. Woohoo! I'm Kimberly, and I am working towards my license as a marriage and family therapist. Yeah, so we want to go back in history to when I was doing youth ministry. I did youth ministry for a decade in the local church and mm -hmm. absolutely loved it. Felt like that was a place where I thrived and where God was using me in some incredible ways. An awesome who, who kind of turned you on to youth ministry? Just oh, out of yeah. curiosity. Oh, yeah, you did. Yes. Ah, uh, ah interesting. Yeah. <laughs> okay, continue. Uh, which is, if you have um, kids, this is one of the things that for, for Kim, her church what happened was in, when you went from eighth grade to ninth grade, you started to serve in the children's yeah. department. And then when you're in high school or in college, you start serving either in the, in the high, high school, school or in the right. junior high. Right. And so that was just a pattern. And I, I came to faith in Christ at 17. Mm -hmm. And I was part of discipleship groups and different stuff, but there wasn't necessarily a serving aspect to gotcha. that. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you were serving in Mexico and doing all kinds of service projects. It was, it was amazing. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> so, so yeah, going back in time though, for a moment, when I was finishing up that season of youth ministry mm -hmm. and we were looking at starting a ministry where I would travel full time and there, this area of accountability is what kept coming up in, in terms of our, our prayer life mm. and in terms of like, how do we stay accountable on the road? Do you want to talk about that for a moment? Yeah, I think the concept of accountability, I think, came up for you when we were even dating. You uh, had a friend that would come meet with you even on our college campus and you guys um, would pray together and talk about uh, ways of keeping each other accountable. And, and I remember being really impressed with that. Um, <laughs> impressive. All right. Yeah, Good to know. Accountability uh, is impressive. Uh -huh. it, it is. It says what kind of man you are, that mm. uh, you were working on the thing, you know, different things in your life and not only working on them, grabbed a friend along the way to say, hey, can we in do this honesty, together? He grabbed me okay. along the way. Yeah. In in one of the things that I learned in that relationship is I, I remember him saying he wants to help other men to be transparent mm. and to be accountable to one another. You know, the, the Bible talks about as iron sharpens iron mm -hmm. and we wanted to sharpen one another. And so, yeah, every week we would get in the word, we would pray, we would share struggles, confess, um, ask God for healing and for favor. And then, you know, we come back and do it all over again. And that season really taught me so many things, but one was how to get accountability. And one of them is just simply ask. I, I think so many men, especially are longing for like deeper relationships and saying to somebody else, Hey, I, I love to have you keep me accountable. Here's what I'm struggling with hmm. is a way of being transparent with another person, but oftentimes other men 
don't have anybody that they're yeah. transparent with, at least has been my experience. And so that was one of the patterns that I started early on, but it was about to increase significantly as, as I you went were on traveling. The yeah. Yeah. And being away a lot. Uh, we had, we sent you to a conference early on, right before we'd started the ministry or right at the b- yeah, very so beginning? In, two, in, in the very beginning. So we launched in January of 2003. Yeah. And I went from full-time youth ministry to 30 hours, then a couple months later, 20 hours, Yeah, they were great hours. about letting yeah. you kind of step down from the position. I remember going to my pastor when I was down to 10 hours. I'm like, you realize this is just me showing up for like a Sunday morning. <laughs> it's 10 hours of work. And he's all, I know it, but your presence is important. But it, it taught me about just the power of presence, the power of simplicity, the power of stepping down from uh, a job or from a ministry instead of just kind of an abrupt. Yeah, we were blessed to be to able me, to do that. Yeah, yeah, I would have jumped into the season in January full time and just let's do it. Mm. But thankfully, the wisdom of the elders they yeah. they said six months feels like that would be the right amount of time to let you launch this thing and also that allow transition. the students to transition, the leaders to transition, and mm-hmm. so I was able to really take my intern at the time and uh, just train him up and and send him out and ultimately by the end he was doing everything yeah. <laughs> and so it, i think it was one of those you know you hear all kinds of awful things in the church and sometimes the transitions are are really difficult yeah. and i was thankful for the others that it was a really good experience I, I would not have done that yeah 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 so but yeah so, so the conference, conference you're talking yeah. about was uh, for strictly for 20 people that wanted to speak for a living. Okay. And even though doing a magic show uh, is different from just speaking, but it was in that same vein. And so I- And they talked to you about every part of that, right? Every facet of traveling from ideas of being on the road to, right? So it wasn't just on how to speak to a group. Yeah. They, so the assumption coming in were, were two things. One is that you're a follower of Christ. So we're not going to talk about, you know, how's your relationship with God? How's this? Mm. Even though all those things were important. And the, the other thing they assumed is you, you're a great speaker. Like you're not going to pay okay. all this money to be here to learn how to speak. Cause this isn't a learn how to speak conference. This is can you do it professionally and how do you do it professionally? And so, make a living at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, <laughs> yeah. So I guess by professional, I do mean yeah, 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 make do. a living yeah. uh, doing it because there's a lot of incredible speakers out there. In the same way, you know, uh, you've heard me talk about the magicians in, at the library at the Magic Castle mm-hmm. that are absolutely incredible magicians, mm-hmm. but they don't know how to get work. And, yeah. and it's a struggle because I, I, I want to like help them on that side, you know, because that side of it, it you know, like the old saying, it's show business. Like you've got to uh-huh. have a great show, but you've also, you have work to know business, business and yeah. you have to work that. And, you know, we, we work that business uh, every, every day. a rocky road, but yeah. yes. Yeah. There's ups and downs. Like I think anything in the entertainment industry, you know, there's, yeah, lots of ups and downs, but this, this um, conference they brought up accountability too. And, okay. But they brought it up in a different way. And so it was one of those things that you and I started to talk about. We need to make this happen 
like immediately. So the what was said was as soon as you possibly can get somebody to travel with you. Yes. That the road gets lonely, mm. the the road gets places where you compromise. And I think of so many businessmen that are out there on the road that yeah. they have the money to travel with somebody, but they don't. And I would just encourage you if you're listening and you're you travel for a living or your wife travels for a living to talk to each other about what mm. would it look like to invest part of our funds in keeping us accountable by having somebody go on the road with. And so we knew right away that we were going to lose probably 30% yeah. of our income that we didn't have. You yeah. Know? Like, yeah. But we made a decision from day one. We don't want the the compromise to happen. It was on a way of protecting the marriage, which thirty percent financially was worth it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like <laughs> But there it, it was a financial risk in, Oh yeah. And it was scary because we have no money going in. <laughs> we have people, you know, that are saying, what are you doing? You know, you could, you know, make more money if right. you did this. And we just felt like the the protection of the marriage yeah. is what's essential. And I know on your side, and maybe you could speak into this, kind of the the sense of comfort or trust or that you had going into that, knowing that there was going to be somebody on the road. Yeah, I mean, it made a huge difference just knowing you had somebody. Uh, yeah. I mean, even there's movies and and books that you read about, you know, I mean, anybody on the road, um, rock stars, and, you know, they show what a lonely life it can be. And uh, um, so knowing that uh, you had somebody and, and a huge praise for us was that uh, you were able to take the same person on the road for a lot of uh, those beginning years. Yeah, for right? a decade, I had one person that traveled with me, kept me accountable. And, and the other side of that is that person runs the camera for the show. Yeah. So it has a dual, it's not just somebody that's you babysitting know, tra- you. Yeah. <laughs> that's not the, that's <laughs> but not the... essentially, you know, they were a part of the show and still are a part of the show, but it's also about accountability. And so it kind of killed two birds with one stone. So it, it really protected the marriage in, in the sense that you weren't alone in hotel rooms or when you finish a, a performance um, or speaking at an event uh, in another state where nobody else knows you. And oftentimes it's very late at night and you didn't eat dinner before. Because no, I still don't. Usually right. it's like 10, 11, midnight before I'm getting dinner. Yeah. Yeah. So you've cleaned up after your your event and you're going and, and okay, now there's nothing open, especially in yeah. little towns. And so there's often, always a bar open. Yeah. Oftentimes <laughs> it's it's a bar and that's it. And I, I've seen this myself. I've been with you on, on a lot yeah. of trips now too. But uh, so we just, we found out pretty quickly that that could be a temptation if that were, um, if, if I was on my own. Yeah. 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 Or even somebody at picking you up at the bar or at the hotel, when you go downstairs and the bar is open there till 2 a.m. Yeah. Multiple times, you know, people have tried to pick up on me and having somebody. Well, you're hot, babe. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, having somebody there to to keep me, you know, accountable, to keep me focused. Yeah, where it's not even an option because you have yeah. somebody there. Yeah. So. And that, I guess that's a great way of putting it is how do you put yourself in a position where making a dumb mistake isn't an option. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. And so those are things that 
you know, we implemented early on, but yeah, the, people don't realize like on the road, the, the pressures increase because of our perceived idea that we're on our own. Nobody knows who I am yeah. in the city. I could get away with anything. So that temptation. I think it's almost like Vegas every weekend, you know, mm. kind of that mentality of Vegas of like, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Yeah, Nobody you- will know what I'm doing here. Yeah. Well, I'm in you know, I don't know how many cities, 75 cities, 100 cities a year, if not more. And with each one of those cities, nobody knows who I am. Nobody, you know. That's and probably so not true anymore. I it's think It's probably 20 not years. true anymore. Yeah. And, <laughs> you get caught if you're doing something dumb. And there's been numerous times where I think I'm on my own and ah. nobody knows who I am. And somebody's like, hey, you're going to be at my church tonight. I'm like, oh, good. Good thing I'm, I didn't do anything dumb. Yeah. I'm glad I'm not doing something <laughs> dumb right now. Um, but that's, that's um, another way of God has of humbling you and keeping you where you need to be so For that sure. you remember that you're, you are always being watched by somebody. And we, in terms of like integrity and trust, the way that's built is when you're alone and nobody's around, are you doing the things that you're designed to do? Or are you just doing, you know, because somebody's watching you and yeah. that accountability, there's always times where, oh, I could be on my own, but we, we've just figured out ways of protecting our marriage by, by staying accountable. I know there's, you know, areas where I've struggled with where if I am on my own in a hotel room, you know, without my accountability partner, it's like, I'll call you. Sometimes I'll unplug the TV. TV, I'll take the remote. I'll take the batteries out and just go, okay, I don't want to be dumb and get, you know, watch something I don't need to. And you don't wait for the temptation to be there. That's when you really set yourself up for success. Um, And I say you because that hasn't been necessarily my struggle. I have other struggles and we'll be sharing those uh, in other podcasts. But uh, it's how can I set myself up for for success before – before the temptation even starts. Yeah. And the, I think the key isn't like, is, is this, if you go, well, this isn't my temptation, that's not my deal, is I'm not trying to say your temptation should be mine or, or Kimberly's. Yeah, yeah. The, the thing is, what are the areas, because we all need to be kept accountable in something, mm-hmm. how can you figure out how to keep um, accountable to that? So I'll take another example of speakers. You know, as uh, one speaker was confessing their desire to hear people after they spoke like man that was so incredible man or they would go to like the Mm. on the final night where it's like victory circle or they're telling Uh, all the praises like they thrived on that they thrived on hearing like man the best part of camp was a speaker he was incredible Uh, you know or she or you know whatever that situation was and and that's, you know, an area that I personally ha- haven't struggled in as much, but that's an area where, you know, speakers struggle with that pride, pride with, yeah. with wanting that praise, you know? And so whatever your area is, how can you figure out a way to make sure that somebody's keeping you accountable in that area? And that's one of the things that I think we've seen has really strengthened our marriage. For sure. You know who my accountability partners were when you were flying all over the place on on weekends? Who? The three children. <laughs> <laughs> there was no no time to make those kinds of dumb mistakes and and open the door just to have a, a guy over something really stupid. Uh, yeah, three kids will solve that problem. But I had so to if be, you only have one kid, get busy. No, uh. no, 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 no. No, I'm not saying that at all. But uh, yeah, so I 
have asked through the years other people to keep me about accountable for things and and actually asked you um when it's uh been something like anger or something like that so the the key is we we keep each other accountable for sure but we also have other people that yeah. keep us accountable we hope you enjoyed this episode of we do whatever it takes Thank you.